0: Who can tell me what cartoon this song is from? Raise your hand. There's no prize or anything, but we'll clap for you. Raise your hand as soon as you get it. And it's tough because I'm singing it. (laughs) Dorme wahoo, wahoo, dorme Christmas time is coming. You're not kids. Coming soon. What? The Grinch that stole Christmas Joe, you are the man. And you guys back there are the man. Let's give him a hand. Excellent. You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch, your heart is cold as steel. Da-dun, 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 Mr. Okay. You know the story of the Grinch, don't you kids? Down in Who'sville. The Who's down in Who's Every, every Christmas, they would, you know what they'd do? They would uh, celebrate. Every Christmas, they'd put out Christmas lights. Every Christmas, they had the Christmas trees. They had the Christmas toys. They had the bells. They had the drums. They had the whistles. They really knew how to do Christmas, right? They had the roast beef. They had the great feast. They carved the giant beast. It was great times, right? And of course kids, they'd always, and I'm also talking to adults, so pay attention, they'd also sing. Now the Grinch, up there in Grinchville, he hated Christmas. He hated joy. He was mean. He was nasty. His heart was cold. His heart was hard. He was evil. Ah, So he'd hear that singing every Christmas, and he didn't like the noise, and he didn't like the joy, and he didn't like the laughter. And so he was thinking about Christmas coming up here, and he said, how can I Destroy Christmas. Hmm? And he said, How can I get rid of Christmas? And he had an idea. He took his poor dog. Kids, don't you feel sorry for that little dog? Cutest dog ever on cartoons. He should have been arrested for animal abuse. But he took that poor little dog and he turned him into a reindeer. And he made himself a Santa Claus outfit, which always puzzled me how anyone really believed him. But he thought he looked like Santa Claus, put on a little beard or put a beard on his, his dog. And he had a plan, and his plan was this. I will go down into Whoseville and I will steal their Christmas tree. I will steal their toys. I will steal their bells and their whistles. I'll take off their ornaments. I'll take away all their trinkets. There'll be, he thought, no more Christmas. There'll be no more laughter, no more joy, no more singing. I'll steal the roast beef. I'll leave them nothing, and there'll be no Christmas. And then he can be happy. So he goes down there with his mangy dog pulling that big sleigh and he steals everything, didn't he, kids? Stole the whole thing. What a nasty, nasty, nasty guy. And he hauls the whole thing back up to his little fort up in the mountains and then he listens on Christmas morning, didn't he? He listened. And he was waiting to hear the crying and the whining of the children who didn't have the toys and there was no more Christmas. He thought they'd be so sad and distraught. Miserable. But what happened? As he listened there, the Grinch heard something he never thought he'd hear. For from the distance, down there yonder, down in Hoosville, have a seat, Dave, he heard the sound of singing. Dorme, wahoo, wahoo, dorme, Christmas time. Something or other's here. Wahoo, wahoo, dorme, wahoo, Christmas time with Christmas cheer, dorme, dorme. And it, it goes on, and this light grew up in the, in the sky, and, and the Grinch was totally baffled. He couldn't figure it out, how they could be so happy and so joyful when all their toys and all the roast beef and all the things that he thought made Christmas, Christmas was gone. But what he didn't know, he was later to come to learn, but what he didn't know at the time... And what all the Who people down in Hoosville knew was that Christmas isn't about the toys, is it? Christmas isn't about the trinkets. It's not about the lights. It's not about the bells and the ornaments and the drums and the roast beef. Christmas is about, although the cartoon kind of waffles on this point, Christmas is about Jesus, right? Christmas time is about Jesus Christ. Yes, I got an amen here. Everyone say amen. Thank you. I love this stage. This is the kind of stage I was created for. Now, if I only had a mic that I could carry with me, I can run, I can skip. Here's the thing. You wonder why I'm preaching about Christmas when it's almost July and it's supposed to be 85 degrees today. Well, here's why. There is a real Grinch, right? Amen? There is a real Grinch. And he does not like joy and he does not like peace. He doesn't like the power that is in the Christian's life. He just doesn't like that kind of stuff. And this Grinch thinks that if he can take away our stuff, if he can just take away the things that make us happy, if he can take away our toys, take away the car, take away the house, take away the health, take away whatever it is that we have that he thinks is the source of our joy, then he thinks we will be miserable, we'll be defeated, we'll be no good, we'll be washed up. Am I going too fast, Kathy? Remember, you're going, okay, okay. And the sad thing is that for a lot of people, he's right. If your source of happiness is found in the things that you own, then when the Grinch comes and takes it, or when the Grinch comes and threatens to take it, you're miserable. If you think that life is about having the nice things and having everything together and having the perfect family, then if that Grinch gets in there in a snivelly, evil kind of way and begins to take parts of it, begins to ruin it, then your joy goes out the drain, your power becomes weakness, you got nothing going for you. And the sad thing is a lot of people do that. If you think that church, if you think that church is about having the nice air-conditioned room, Amen? If you think that church is about having the nice, the full band with a hot drummer on it, if you, <laughs> not me, what do you think I am bragging? Though I'm not bad. Okay. If you think that that's what church is about, church, you got to have, you got to preach the sermon that you actually thought you were going to preach, for example. You thought you need notes for your sermon. If you think that it has to sound right and be right, churches can only happen if the kids are in one area and we're in another. Church can only happen if there's not chaos going on. If you think that that is what church is about, then you're not going to be very happy right now. And that's what the Grinch would like you to think. But is that what church is about? Is that what church is about? That's right. Church is not about that. Life is not about that. The Christians have got to learn. We Christians have got to learn, and we've got to proclaim loud enough so the Grinch on the hill can hear that life is not about the trinkets that we have, though the trinkets are nice. Life is not about having the things and not having other things. It's not about having perfect relationships. It's not about having a perfect house. That's not the source of our joy, amen? What life is about is Jesus Christ. And when that Grinch comes and begins to mess with our lives the way he does, and even if that Grinch, I don't know about these things God does, but even if that Grinch was somehow able to conjure up this storm and send a tree down on that line that he knew went to our auditorium, so he knocked us out of commission, if we know what we're about, it shouldn't affect us in the least. Amen? So we are not going to cancel Christmas this year. And we're not going to cancel church this morning. Rather, we're going to do what the people in Whoville did. We're going to come out, we're going to sing, we're going to praise, we're going to take the Grinch off. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Toys are nice, but you can lose them when life goes on. Now let me talk to the kids again. I'll tell another story. Point number one of today's off-the-cuff spirit-inspired sermon is Know what your source of life is about. Don't get life from the toys. Get life from the one who makes the toys meaningful. That's Jesus Christ. Number two. Kids, you remember, how many people here saw the play uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? Got a bunch of fans up there over here. Huh. How many people have ever read this story in the Bible about Joseph and his brothers? Okay, I'll stick with the Bible story this morning. Though the play is really good, go check it out sometime. You know the story about Joseph, don't you, kids? Um, Joseph, he was a good guy. His dad really liked him, maybe a little too much. His dad favored him. So his dad used to kind of praise him a lot, give him more compliments than he did his other 11 brothers. His dad even gave him this wonderful coat with all these different colors, and it kind of ticked his brothers off. Would that make you mad, kids? If your parents gave all the toys, it wouldn't make you mad? No? It'd make me mad. Yeah, it'd make you mad. <laughs> this probably because she gets it all the time, doesn't she? Right, okay. Um, I go to the rock. <laughs> there you go. The, where was I? Okay. The, um, so Joseph was getting blessed by his dad. Had all these nice things, he had this great coat, and the brothers were getting mad. To make matters worse, Joseph had a gift from God. You know, when you get a gift from God, you're going to get persecuted. Okay, just throw that in for free. So Joseph had this gift from God, and it made his brothers jealous. Happens all the time, folks. Joseph could interpret dreams like nobody else could. It was an amazing gift that God gave him. And one of his dreams really made his brothers mad. The dream was this. He dreamed he saw a field of corn. And there's one stalk of corn that was very, very tall. And all the other stalks of corn bowed down to that one stalk of corn. Now, why would that make somebody mad? Well, Joseph's interpretation was, I'm the tall stalk of corn, and you're the little ones, and you're going to be bowing down to me someday. And oh, those brothers really got mad. So they plotted against him. They wanted him gone. They wanted to to kill him. And so they took Joseph and they put him in this deep well where he couldn't get off, and they locked him there. They just left him there. Thought he'd die in the sun. Well, God knows what he's doing, so God, God sent some Midianites along. And these Midianites found Joseph, and back in those days, if you some, found somebody sitting in a well that was helpless, you made him a slave. So they made Joseph a slave. Later on, they, he sold Joseph into Egypt. So Egy, there's Joseph, a, a slave in Egypt. Well, one thing leads to another. You know the story, kids? One thing leads to another, and Joseph ends up becoming the second highest person in the land in Egypt. He's he's Pharaoh's right-hand man, right there. He's he's right next to him. He's like one of the big bosses. He can do what he wants, say what he wants, because he was able to interpret some dreams for Pharaoh. He saw in a dream that uh, Egypt was going to go through seven years of famine, and he told Pharaoh this and was able to... Pharaoh was able to prepare for it, so Egypt didn't starve. But Joseph's brothers, who had gotten rid of this dreamer, didn't know that. So they were starving to death during this famine. So what do they do? They go to Egypt. And when they go to Egypt, who do they meet? They meet Joseph. And the brothers think that Joseph is going to be mad at them. Joseph is going to maybe kill them. Joseph is going to be cruel to them, maybe torture them. Who knows what Joseph would do? But you know what Joseph did? Played a little trick on him, first of all. But then, Brother Norm, here's what Joseph did. I want to tell you what, what Joseph did. Joseph, he forgave him. And you know why? Here's the punchline. Listen to me now. He said, because, you guys, I know this. You meant it to, towards me as evil. You wanted to kill me. That was evil. But God meant it for good. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. But you intended for evil, God intended for good. The Bible tells us this. That in all things, Romans eight twenty eight. a lot of you know this verse by heart. In all things, God works together for the better for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now that verse does not mean, hear me now, that verse does not mean that everything that happens to us is God's will. It doesn't mean that if you get in a car wreck and your face gets all scarred up that that was God's will, but it does mean this. The verse actually says in the Greek that In all things, God is cooperating with us. He's working with us for the good. It means this, whatever happens to us, however bad, however slimy, however evil it may be, whatever the Grinch may throw our way, God will take it and he'll work with us to bring something good out of it. This doesn't make what happens to us good. It doesn't mean that it was good that the storm knocked out the power in the gym. But it does mean this, even when evil things happen to us, God is able in his wisdom and out of his love to somehow weave it into our life so that he can bring good out of it. Amen? It means this, whatever is going on in your life, it may really be bad, don't accept this Cliche that goes around that everything that happens to you, God ordained it. Whether it's a, a rape or a divorce or whatever, God ordained it for your good. No, a lot of that stuff comes right from the pit of hell. But God does promise us this that even when stuff out of the pit of hell, even stuff that is pure, undiluted, undes- un- un- unwavering, pure, grinched grime, even when it's like that, God is able to take that event and turn it for his good. Turn it for the advantage. He can bless you with it. It means this. When you or I are in a situation that comes out of Grinchville, and this is one of them, I think, when we're in a situation like this, you have one of two opportunities, one of two choices. You can either cooperate with God or you You cannot cooperate with God. When you're in a situation where you're facing ugly stuff, the family's falling apart, or maybe your health is going down the drain, or maybe your finances are utterly ruined, maybe you just lost your job, maybe you just fell into major sin, and now you feel like your life is totally screwed up. I don't know. But when you're in that situation, you've got to know this. Resolve it in your heart that God looks at that He sees it for what it is. It is not good. But he also sees this. It is possibilities. Amen? When God looks at dire circumstances, what he sees are opportunities to do new things in your life. He took Joseph's situation and he saw an opportunity here. How he could somehow, ingeniously, weave this bad thing into a good thing and how he could turn the whole thing around. God is a specialist at turning things around. The question is this, when we are facing the crisis, when things are going bad, are we of the mindset that will let God turn it around in our life? Will we cooperate with God? Sometimes we look at situations and they turn bad, and I don't know about you, but I'll confess it. You want to pout. You want to just... (sighs) Forget it. I give up. I quit. Fine. 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 It's my favorite word. Fine. It's my daughter's favorite word. Fine. Okay, fine. And you just want to pout. You want to, you want to get depressed. You want to go lay in the bed. You don't want to ever get up. You want to just end it all. The world's miserable. You're miserable. And that's how it's always going to be. That's Grinch stuff, folks. What God would have us to do is when we face the crisis, don't think that it's good. Don't color code it. Don't, you know, gloss over it. Don't go into cliche Christianity, Twiddly-Dee, Pollyanna, everything's, you know, better, hallelujah. No, don't do that. It's bad. It's Grinch stuff. But at the same time, know that God, the creative genius of the universe is already looking ahead and he's saying, okay, how can I use that now? What good can I bring out of this now? Will you cooperate with me? Will you think the way God thinks about situation? And that is in terms of possibilities, not in terms of impossibilities. And I know I'm sounding like Robert Schuller all of a sudden, but you know what? This is true. I, I apologize for that. Robert Schuller's okay. I, I like that guy. Do you look at situations in terms of what they can be or do you look at situations in terms of what they can be? God, the creator of the universe, looks at every situation, however bad it is, in terms of what it can be. And he says, okay, this is bad. This is bad. I agree. This is, this is devil stuff. But you know what? I can use that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can use that. And so you sit in a situation like this. Power's out. What are you going to do? Well, God, what can you do with it? It's not, see, it's not a question of what we can do. What can we pull off? No. It's a matter of saying, God... How can we work with you to bring about a different plan? It won't be the normal thing. It'll be a different plan. It'll be a little bit more chaotic, but maybe it will even be better. Here's the point. Every negative experience presents an opportunity for God to do something different in your life. The genius of God is that, and I don't know how he does this. I I, I try to figure it out. I I can't quite get it. Dave, tell me after service. Um, He's just a genius. I can't think of one thing in my life that I have ever screwed up on, and there's a few things that, that fall in that category. Just a few, though. Of, I look back on it, and every single one of those failures, I now, it's almost as though it was good that they happened. Now, it wasn't good that they happened. Some of the stuff I did, God did not like. He wishes I wouldn't have done, but I did them. So God then says, well, now what can I do with that? Okay, And now that I'm a believer, I'm saved, I work with God, and he's able to bring diamonds out of the stuff so that I look back on it, and I don't see how he could have made me who I am unless I would have done those things. That's the genius of God, amen? That's the creativity of God. The question is, will we work with it? We are sitting here, and the enemy threw something our way. I really believe the enemy threw something our way, but the question is, how will we respond to that? Like, oh, rats, now we got to put up with all this stuff. Or will we say, okay, God, it's your move. Do your thing. It's your move, God. Ball's in your court. You serve. We're just going to cooperate with whatever you have got planned. Here's the good, 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 good news. He always has got a plan. And here's one great opportunity. When the Grinch comes and steals Christmas, you now have a, you have just empowered, he has just empowered you to tick him off by not caring. Follow me on this? When the enemy throws something your way, you pres- he g- empowers you to really tick him off by showing him that you are not going to be defeated by the situation. He wants it to turn against you, but God wants it to be used for you. The question is, what will you, what will we do? This morning, I believe this. I don't know all that God has planned, but I know this. There are things he can do here, that maybe he couldn't do over there. It's a different situation. I don't know what he's got up his sleeve, but I know that whatever the enemy intends for evil, God intends for good, amen? And I know that if the people of God resolve it in their heart that they're not going to fall into his scheme, he can use it to our advantage. We're going to worship the Lord here in a little bit after our announcements. And here's the challenge I want to give to you. We have got every reason in the world to be distracted. We've got every reason in the world right now to just say, well, you know, we're just buying time here. But that's why we have every reason in the world right now to not give into to that and to resolve our hearts that we're going to focus on Jesus Christ. Praise God. We're going to focus on him. We're going to lift him up. We're going to come out of our little houses down in Whoville. We're going to join hands. We're going to lift up Jesus Christ. We're going to see him exalted. His glory will shine. And the Grinch will be very much ticked off. And I, for one, want to see that. Is anyone with me here? Amen. amen set your mind on things above the bible says this is what i was going to preach on but i'll do it next week set your mind on things above focus on the lord and turn everything 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 can somehow be turned to your advantage to our advantage if we'll bet but let god do his work focus on him don't be distracted and let's praise the lord kids let's praise the lord adults let's praise the lord and give him the glory that has due his mighty mighty name amen praise god god is good god is good that was good. Hallelujah.